It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Masterplan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's great to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Masterplan. I'm an author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. This time we're going to dive straight in. So I want to introduce you to today's guest. Tim Fargo is the founder of Social Jukebox. Yes, we're diving into the world of SaaS, that software as a service for those of you who aren't familiar with the acronym. And Social Jukebox is a cloud-based software system for managing your Twitter and other social media activity. There's a simple free option, then a range of subscription packages, depending on how much you want to do. Social Jukebox launched in 2014, and as we record now in March 2016, they have 28,789 users, 1,033 of which are paying, because we checked those stats just before hitting the play button. So hi, Tim. Hey, Chloe. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm good, and it's great to have you here. So I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and where you are right now. So how did you get started off in e-commerce? You know, it was completely accidental. Um, I was trying to promote a book. I came, I, I came out with my book in July of 2013, um, and I very quickly realized, as many authors do, that um, after you come out with a book, then the real work starts, and um, and also that the thing that you think is a really big deal, nobody else cares about. <laughs> um, so, you know, there, I, I needed to kind of get into the promotional mode. And so um, initially, I kind of tried to find a social media platform that felt comfortable to me. And the one that I um, ended up liking the best was Twitter. And so I was tweeting and putting out content, et cetera, et cetera. And I found that I was doing an inordinate amount of work to schedule all these tweets because I really wanted to kind of have a 24-hour presence online. So we got from July into the fall, and um, I was actually in South Africa with my wife, and we were about to go on a road trip. And I, I just kind of reached my breaking point because I, <laughs> I just felt like, you know, this is like ridiculous that I'm spending all this time scheduling and managing data because it's something that's much better done by a machine. Um, so I actually contacted um, the guy that used to be the head of IT for my prior business and, you know, talked to him and got him to agree to develop kind of a custom product just for me to what I wanted to do and sort of serve so I could just put my content into a system and let it post um, without me having to fiddle with it. So that was that was like the initial step was just – and, and even then, I didn't really have an idea that I was going to um, – that I was going to do anything with it. But then over time, people kept saying, oh my gosh, you know, it's amazing. You're always online. Um, how do you do it? So conversation started. And then I realized, you know, this thing probably, um, you know, could have legs for other people. So um, then in um, February of last year, we, um, <laughs> I, I would say we launched, but it was more like sticking our toe in the water. Yeah. Um, because I didn't really know how it would go, and I didn't really want to make a big splash. And, you know, I mean, there there weren't a lot of things nailed down. I wanted to kind of just, like, do a soft launch, so to speak. 
Um, and so we put it out there and we started adding a lot of users. And I mean, you know, we got, um, I think we got to 10,000 just a, you know, in a, in a few months. Um, and so it became pretty obvious that, that we had something. Um, and so, the, I mean, and then, you know, then it was a matter of saying, okay, well, I guess we need to see if people, it's great that people will sign up for free. Cause we started out as a, like a free mm-hmm. model. Right. And so it was like, okay, let's, let's try to charge people and see what happens. Um, and so in November of last year, November 1st was kind of the paid launch. And, um, and that was like, we invested a little more oomph, uh, in that and it went, you know, it went pretty well. I mean, we signed up a little over 500 people in that first week. Um, and it's been steady since, you know, I mean, we've over doubled since we, uh, since we hit the button in November in terms of paid customers. So, um, that's, I mean, you know, how did I get started? I, I think I almost feel I'm kind of still getting started. So, <laughs> well, it's all a bit. I guess so. So basically, it was some software you built to solve your own problem, Correct. and then it was like, this is so good, people will probably like this. Let's chuck it out there and see what happens. People appeared to like it, so I guess you're you're. You then did about five months ago now, chucked it out there to see if anyone was willing to pay for it, and now. It's a case of okay. There's probably some legs here. We should probably grow this a bit further. Right. Well, and it's turned out to be a really awesome business. It's exactly what I wanted for you know my lifestyle, and I have been pretty deliberate. I mean, I had a a very nice business before that I sold, um, and the key to me to starting the second business was not to do something that was geographically kind of bound. And of course, this is entirely cloud based, isn't it? So you can literally. As long as you've got an internet connection, you can be dealing with it. I was answering people's questions in Australia from Zimbabwe earlier this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's that that gets your head going a little bit, doesn't it? So, so I guess, oh, actually, because I know people will be wondering, what was your previous business? What was it doing? Um, you know, I'm pretty agnostic as to actual like businesses. Um, as you'll very quickly find out. Um, my prior business was a insurance investigation firm. Oh, wow. Totally different then. Yeah, we actually had a very strong e-commerce bend to that business because we moved a lot of data around. Um, so, and that was one of our kind of key competitive advantages, but, um, it was just great business, not a lot of like really serious competition. So it was perfect. Kind of, kind of, kind of races I like to run in where there's not a lot of other people. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice and uh, and straightforward. But surely the 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 Twitter automation or the social media systems, there's an awful lot of different tools out there that people are using. So I think a lot of people would think that was a little bit of a crowded marketplace. Is it? Do you think it's not because there's just so much opportunity for improvement within it? I think there's opportunity for improvement within it, and I think the other thing is there's. You know, I think there's a little bit of like the the myth of the big idea where, you know, oh, I'm going to be first and I'm going to dominate and I'm going to have this massive business. And I mean, of course, those headline businesses, I mean, you know, all hail Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, he's done an awesome job, right? But, you know, the number of businesses like that is very small. But there's a lot of businesses like mine um, where... You know, I mean, we'll probably end up doing about three hundred thousand in revenue over the first, you know, twelve months, or at least hit that as a run rate by the end of twelve months. Now, 
that's not going to make it in the Wall Street Journal, but it certainly serves the needs of me personally and 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 the other people that I'm dealing with. So, I mean, I, you know, a lot depends on what you're really aiming for in your business and how you define success. For me, that's an awesome outcome. You know, for someone else, it might not be. But um, like I say, I mean, I think if if your goals are to you know kind of have your own business and and do well, I don't I don't think you need to go broad. I think actually. Mo- the the challenge most people face is staying narrow enough. Yeah, I, I get exactly where you're coming from on that one. So, can I? You did mention about lifestyle earlier, and you know, you said about what kind of turnover level you're expecting to get to this year, and how that will be good. Uh, can I ask how many how many kind of hours you do a week? Are you it, are you maxing out, or are you you aiming for the Tim Ferriss four hour work week model, or what's the what's the strategy there with with time? Well, I do. I mean, I'm I'm not a technical person, okay? So I I mean, I pay for all the development. Um, but so that's not done by me, but I do all the support. Um, I do all my own books and everything like that. But I'm probably I'm probably not working more than 60 a week. Um, and but I'm fine with that and it and it does go down sometimes right now. Um, you know, we've been adding these platforms um, cuz it's Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, so there's been an above average amount of questions and above average amount of support. But um, when we, before we made the push to switch, because we were tweet jukebox before we became social jukebox. Um, and when we started that transition, um, the amount of time went up because the, the product was so stable that I got very, very like, you know, a handful of support emails every day. Um, so it was just a matter of kind of, you know, coming up with ideas for, you know, new features or, and a lot of those come from the users anyway. Um, yeah. So, so, I mean, so, so you can, you, you got it to kind of a plateau and you went, right, now's time to invest some time and money in taking it to the next level. So from tweet jukebox to social jukebox. Right. Right. And, and, and we're doing it in a way that I think it makes sense for me anyhow, um, that we're going to, you know, just keep slowly adding people. I'm not in a big hurry. Um, and you know, I think that's, that's the other thing. If it's a lot, at least for me personally, it's a lot more enjoyable ride when you kind of just, um, you know, you don't try to go all in and raise a bunch of money and like conquer the world overnight. I mean, if you treat it for me, when business is a little bit more just like a, like the sustainable kind of, um, self-funded model, cause I didn't put a lot of money to build this thing. Um, I really kept it to a minimum. It's a lot, it's a lot less stress. Oh yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> you are truly your own boss, aren't you? It's there's not anyone breathing down your neck. There's no expectations of other people. You can take it in the direction you want to, and um, grow it at the rate that you're happy with. Exactly. And I, I often find when people try and kind of force grow a business, it that simply you end up getting customers who never wanted you in the first place, which can be a big problem in the SaaS marketplace in particular. Right. Well, and I, I, I think, you know, the problem sometimes when you raise money is, um, or you just like, ha- or you start out with a gigantic budget, right? And you just, you take your idea and say, this idea is what I will do in the market. Okay. It's an, that's a great opportunity to blow a lot of money. Where if you take your time, the market will tell you what they like about what you're doing. Do more of that. It's a lot cheaper and it's a lot less stress. 
So you're going, you're, you you know, you've, you've decided to expand from Twitter into LinkedIn. Uh, I'm sorry, I totally forgot what the third one is. Is it Facebook? Yes. Yes. Oh, it should be obvious, Chloe. Come on. Uh, so you decided to expand into these others because that's what the users are asking for. Right. And it's a natural, um, it's kind of a natural extension. And I, and, you know, what we see ourselves becoming is sort of a, um, a hub for content where I don't know if you've ever used the app Pocket, um, where you can take an article and kind of save it to read later. Um, but what I want to do is create a place where you'll drop your content and you'd be able to drop it into a jukebox and then it just becomes car- part of your social media distribution system, which is how I see the business evolving. Cool. So, um, so let's try and get us back into a bit of the meat of what's going on behind the scenes. So, you mentioned that you you know you were replying to customer service requests from Australia from Zimbabwe. So I'm guessing you're you're managing the so the social media the customer service at the moment. How many other people have you got in the team, and what have you because you've, you've outsourced the tech? Is there anything else you've chosen to outsource? Or are you doing the marketing and everything else yourself at the moment? Um, I do it myself, but I mean, as an example, I mean, I've got um, I've got some deals with like. You know, I'm dealing with um, a group of bloggers that um, I send ideas to, like to develop posts. Um, you know, I do have a VA um, in the Philippines that does some, you know, kind of just very task-oriented work for me um, that I can't really add any value to by doing myself. Um, and so, I mean, in terms of the actual team, like within the company, I am the team. It's me. That's it. So it's a marvelous model of outsourcing then. Well, I mean, I just don't see the value in bringing all these people on board because it's, I mean, to me, you know, I do want there to be ongoing like efforts and things like that, but I'd rather coordinate that through a a varied list of people rather than bring people on and then feel like it's incumbent on me to not only provide them a living, but also keep them engaged around developing content related to the business. It's just not my thing, really. Yeah. Oh, no, there's there's nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, so, so, Tim, we kind of run through a lot of the, the nuts and bolts of the business. So what do you think is the most awesome thing about your business right now? That it's growing really organically. I mean, we're not, we're not really banging away on the marketing drum. I mean, we're not you know, I mean, we don't, we don't actually, we don't have in terms like advertising. I haven't spent any money on advertising at all, none, zero. Um, so, people refer other people. We do try to make a little noise on social media. Obviously, it's kind of our um, yeah. our space. But I mean, I, and I love that. I mean, I get up every day, and you know, we add we add new people. You know, we don't have a whole lot of churn. So I'm. I mean, knock on wood, you know, but I'm loving life right now. It's great. Everything's, just, everything's moving in the right direction. Cool. So um, you mentioned that oh, we talked about up front that you've got an awful lot of free users and some paid users and that the, the kind of the it's all happened a little bit by accident. So if you were going to do this again, would you go for that freemium model? So there's the free and then you upgrade for more or would you have gone straight out with a paid or, you know, are you, are you happy with that? free paid model that you've got at the moment yeah i am and i you know i've heard other founders talk about how they you know like they really trash the free model but you know feedback is a form of currency and i i think that what you 
if you're paying attention and you're growing in the way that I'm sort of advocating where you're kind of taking it more slow and, and, and following the lead of your customer, um, having a free model will give you lots and lots and lots of feedback. And that feedback will tell you what you're going to need to do to get people to pay you for the service. Um, you know, and I think if you go out with the idea of charging from the onset, you know, you might, you might miss, you know, at least I would have, I mean, you know, it's easy to say maybe what I would do now, but you know, I have a, you know, I've had an education over the last year, you know, so I think if I did it again, I'd just do the, I do exactly the same thing. It's gone well. I have no complaints. And do you have anyone who now comes to the site and immediately starts paying or does, does everybody go through the free option? Do you find? It's all over the place. I have people that have been around forever that have finally flipped the switch after months and months and months of being <laughs> free. And I have people that show up and three days later, they're, they're a paid user. So it's the, a, a very broad spectrum. I guess that's that's the joy of the the freemium model, and you've got a number of price points as well, uh, haven't you? For you know how much extra people get, I guess that's the joy of that model is that they can keep using it, and they're getting more and more bought into the product. And then when they hit a wall, though, where they need something, they've got to pay for, then it's all ready for them just to jump up. Right, and I and I think the other thing, I mean, to make to make the business grow you need to be coming out with things like keep finding ways to make your customer's life better. Um, because even if you've already, like some people, you know, it's the old joke about, you know, um, the guy um, who ends up in hell and he's talking to, you know, the the devil or something about like how he ended up there. And he's like, well, yesterday you were a prospect today, you're a customer. Um, (laughs) and so it's very short, probably inefficient version of that joke. But, but the point is, I think, the the key to building a tribe is to treat the people who are already in customers who are already doing business with you and make them absolutely ecstatic because then they'll tell other people and the more stuff you do for them without asking them for anything else it's one more thing for them to talk about and when they talk about you you get more users so you mentioned earlier that you've you've not invested anything in advertising and that social media and that blogger outreach are kind of your key marketing methods. I'm guessing great customer service is up there as a key marketing method as well in terms of recruiting new users. Yeah, I think it's really important to, you know, pay attention and and try to get, you know, I I'm, it's a religion for me to get back to people quickly and effectively, even when sometimes the initial email from them isn't something that's particularly endearing. <laughs> just just uh, swallow it and get on with it, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're experiencing whatever frustration. I mean, it's, it's usually not personal. So, you know, just look past it. Excellent. And do you find that 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 customer recommendation element off the back of a great product is is your number one source of new users, would you say? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, having, trying to get your name sprinkled around does help. Um, just because, you, you know, you're trying to, I mean, you're building trust. I mean, that's that's probably one of the big challenges in online marketing, right? Because if you show up at a location and you can meet me, I mean, maybe you would or maybe you wouldn't, but it's easier to form that trust. But when you're just looking at a site, um, you know, it's like, okay, it looks good, but have you heard of it before? I mean, there's a lot, there's all this kind of alchemy, so to speak, that goes into establishing online trust. So, 
Um, you know, and I think customer service, good customer service, kind of lets people know, and even when they're free, you know, even for free people, like giving them quick service lets them know, like, this guy's not going to stiff me. Yeah, I always think that that on, you know, when you look at the, the SaaS models where it says, you know, if you pay more, you get um, customer service responses within five minutes. It's like, well, I'm not going to pay more for better customer service. So you're just showing me you don't care about me as much if I'm on a lower service. I always think that's a bit of a strange thing to add to that menu of things you do or don't get, depending on how much you pay. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think in the end, I mean, what you really want to strive for if you're if you're in a completely software-driven model, I mean, to me, the question isn't how good is your support. The question is, can you de- can you design a product that's so good that people don't have any questions? Well, yeah, I guess that's the ultimate, isn't it? <laughs> they yeah, just I mean, make I'm not the product it's good. Possible, but you know, you can certainly shoot for it. So, Tim, what's on your radar, your to-do list at the moment? Well, I mean, you know, we're we're in the middle of rolling out these new platforms, so that's a big deal. Um, and ultimately, what what I want to do, um, and I'm trying to kind of convey this in the right way to the development staff. Um, are you familiar with the site called About Me? About dot me. Yes, yes, I am. What I want to do is take the content you put into Social Jukebox, and then you would have your own. You could have your own domain populated by the jukebox where basically all your content would rotate on your homepage so that anytime people were coming you could and you could make it static parts of it static if you wanted but other parts rotate so that we'll build like all your content either created or curated into your site through our service um so that's kind of what's next on my radar screen so a bit like kind of the paperly scenario but more interactive Right, where you'd be able to, you know, like it could be timfargo.com and then when you, but you, when you went to the site, you'd have, you'd be looking at all the content, like you take some of your jukeboxes and pick which ones you wanted to feed your, your homepage or your website. And that way when people showed up, your site would always look fresh. There'd always be some new content. Even if you hadn't had a chance to like go there and do anything, because I think that's one of the challenges for a lot of business people that don't have time to blog all the time or develop new content all the time. But if you had something that's rotating a bit, when customers show up, it keeps looking fresh, you know. So that's that's kind of the idea behind it. Mm, I, I like that idea because it's it certainly would solve some of my problems. But I'm going to keep those <laughs> off this podcast. I'll tell you about those ones later, Tim. Um, so I think before I before I waffle on about e-commerce master plan strategy, um, I think it's time for the top tips round. And this is a section which I love because it gives me and my listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Tim, are you happy if we move into the top tips? Let's do it. So your book top tip, if everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Oh, wow. Um, probably Anything You Want by Derek Sivers. Um, I think Derek does a great job. It's a super short book. You wouldn't even need the afternoon. You'd probably just need an hour so you could spend time doing something else as well. Um, <laughs> but it's a, re- it's a really short book, with a, but with a lot of thought-provoking ideas in it about kind of how you design a book, what is success, um, you know, and kind of getting what you want out of what you're doing. And I think 
before you do anything else, before you try to get a growth hack, that's probably the most important hack of all is making sure that where you're headed is actually where you want to be. Do you know what the title of that Derek Sivers one is? Anything You Want. Oh, I th- when you said Anything You Want by Derek Sivers, I thought you meant Any Book by Derek Sivers. No, no, Sivers. no. That, that's no. actually the title. Oh. You can tell I haven't come across that one before. Um, okay, so the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Uh, you know, let's just go back to customer service. I mean, I think that doing execution is marketing your execution could be your best marketing doing what you say you're going to do i mean you know let's let's take the you know the opposite example banks who love to talk about uh, we're your hometown bank at least that's (laughs) what they talk about here and then you go there and you have these people who are on what seems like they were hired for their kind of surliness and you know, having a congruent message between what you're promising and what you're doing and delivering to your customer, you know, it's 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 so rare that people nail it that that's an awesome way to 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 market is just being great at doing the things your customer needs. I know it sound it might sound ridiculous, but I, I, I experience so many businesses every day where they don't seem to be able to connect the dots on what the customer is really trying to get done. It doesn't sound ridiculous at all. I think it's one of the most powerful things you can do to grow your business, most certainly. Um, we've had uh, a lady on the podcast before now who said that her her top 10 best customers are all people who had a problem in the past that they fixed really well, which just proves how, how powerful that is. Anyone who wants to, to um, go back and listen, that was episode number 44 she says try to remember with tanya heath um so anyway enough of that let's move on to the next top tip the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plug in a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day um it's it's really a very very boring tool there's an app that comes i think it comes with android phones it's called keep k-e-e-p and it's just like a notepad. It's like, a, but I use it as sort of a, a diary. But I have sound clips that I put in it. I do photos. Like I've been in the process. I've I've actually lost a bunch of weight, but I've been tracking it using that software. I track business metrics, so I can go back and look at not only and I not only track the metrics using that. Um, and I actually would really encourage business people to do this. I I also write down how I'm feeling about what's going on. I mean, I, you know, kind of a dear diary um, (laughs) kind of entry because I find it very, it it really informs my decisions in the future because sometimes I'll be pretty down and I love to go back and read those things just to remind myself. It's like, you know, you have these bad days and it just seems like the clouds are never going to go away, but they do. I think that's that's two great pieces of advice there. Keep a track of your moods and also use uh, Google's Keep um, system that's an underused tool I think it's one I keep meaning to to start using but I haven't quite got there yet so maybe maybe I'll, I'll get on with it now um, the startup top tip Tim if you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business what would be your first tip for them my first tip would be to to go to to copy someone else's business that isn't doing their job right 
like where you can see there's an established market. Don't try to find a new market. Don't try to create a new market, which is extremely hard. Um, take an existing market that isn't being served right. And go after that market. Don't try to do something new. Just do 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 something that exists better than it's being done. That would be my tip. Another great tip for for all of you out there. So, Master Plan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Tim Fargo. Um, I've got one final top tips question for you, which is if your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running? I would love to create a business that allows people to share the things they own beyond the, you know, kind of Airbnb model, like let's say within a neighborhood, right? I mean, a certain number of people own 12 foot ladders or, or a lawnmower or a snowblower, depending on where you live in the world. Um, you know, there's all these tools that aren't necessarily cheap, a, a pressure washer, you know, and I mean, these businesses exist as like a rental business, but instead of going to someplace and trying to find it, I'd love to create a business where, you know, people could put the things they own, the kind of capital equipment they have acquired to, to use in their, like around their own house, and they could let it out. Because, I mean, most of us, like let's say a lawnmower, we buy a lawnmower, well, it's not like we're using it all the time. I mean, it's sitting in the garage or something or in a shed. So, I mean, if you could be letting it out to someone for five bucks, I mean, it's found money, right? And then mm-hmm. you just take a percent of it. An interesting idea and certainly one I've not come across. So I, I like that one too. Um, Tim, before we say goodbye, would you like to let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Well, of course, I'd love for you to visit me at socialjukebox.com. Come by and check it out and um, and let, let me know what you think. Um, my email address is still actually... Um, Tim at tweetjukebox.com. So if you see anything that um, you know you, you love or hate or just want to make a comment about our little chat here, um, I'd love to hear from you. Um, on social media, um, the place that I spend most of my time hanging out, so to speak, is Twitter. And my handle there is at Alphabet Success. Um, and if you wonder why that name, it's because that's the name of the book that I was trying to sell when um, I actually started this business. So that's uh, there's an email address in my Twitter handle. You can find me in both those spots. I'd love to hear from you. Great. I'll um, add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Tim Fargo, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Tim, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce masterplan podcast today and for being so generous sharing your SaaS experience with us. Chloe, thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. So a very different type of product to sell there, but as you'll have seen, quite a lot of similarities with the approach you take when launching an e- a, a, you know, normal products e-commerce business. So hopefully there's some inspiration ideas there for you all. Um, and who, how many of us wouldn't like to turn over $300,000 a year with, um, with just ourselves in the business? How, how nice would that be? Uh, as one of our subscribers, you're enjoying 
If you're enjoying even the e-commerce masterman podcast, please do share it with your e-commerce friends on Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn over a coffee or a pint. I really don't mind. And if you really love us, then please do consider leaving an iTunes review uh, because that helps spread with the little algorithm they have going on in iTunes that helps spread us and get new people listening. So that would be awesome. Make sure you come back next week and um, have a great week this week. And don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.